And we are live. Welcome back to On The King's Dime. It's Monday night, the 17th of May. And we're back with an action-packed show. Uh, there's a fair few things to get through, through tonight. We're going to start with 40's big announcement. That's the uh, big one to get through. And then we're going to go through the Brisbane game as well as the Adelaide game. Another 500-week at a time we need to win games, we just seem to lose some and win some and lose some and win some. It's uh, it's a brutal, brutal stretch we're in at the moment, but we're here to talk about it all. As always, you can like and subscribe. We're live on Facebook right now. And you can also watch us in replay on YouTube and listen to us in audio format on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify on the Anchor platform. So uh, do us a favor and go and give us a rating and review on there to help get us up and out there to more Kings fans. Uh, any, anything else we got to plug? I think we've got playoffs coming soon. We might do some content pre-playoffs if we look like we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a very big if, I think, at this point. <laughs> After that prison game. It's, uh, yeah, it's a tough, tough watch. Um, yeah, so, so stay tuned for that. Uh, hopefully we uh, continue on our run towards the playoffs uh, i think five games to go now uh one two three four five six six games to go two games in new zealand we'll talk about those after the uh after we do three two ones tips and any anything else tips that i think that was it um but yeah so 40 40's big announcement basically you won't be won't be continuing on after this year pretty pretty heavy stuff i wonder if that is a conflict it's just weird <laughs> It's kind of weird that he came here to be like an assistant coach. He finally got a head coach position and just like, I won't be returning for family reasons. He's from Perth. So, okay, it's understandable. Yeah, fair enough. Trevor Gleeson going to give up the Perth job? Nah, but there's there's no reason why he can't go and, you know, be assistant coach for Perth or something like that. It's a little bit more prestigious, closer to home. It's a, it's a job on par with what Sydney, you know, could offer. I don't think it, so. I think there's 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 been a clash of heads somewhere like that, right? and Larry Kesselman. Larry Kesselman's the owner, isn't he? Nah, nah. Paul Smith's the owner. Larry oh, Kesselman owns the entire league. <laughs> he clashed with Larry Kesselman. Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably when he was like, "Yeah, the refs suck. Your refs are terrible. <laughs> sort them out. Get, get about Paul. Paul. Um, but you know what's weird to me when he kept being like. Oh, you know, it is what it is. You know, the boys know it is what it is. And it's just like, you're saying it is what it is a bit too much here. Like, that's a bit weird, you know? I think the expectations are pretty low this year after, and they've just gotten lower, and now they've just fallen off a cliff. Yeah. I don't know. Strange. Very, very strange situation. Um, Just on the, yeah, he just, I think he said it three or four times in the inter, like the post-match and the pre-match. So, oh, you know, it is it is what it is. It's like, so you're just bailing? Like, it is what it is? Ah, it is what it is. I'm out of here. Take it easy. That, that doesn't tell me that, like, if he if he, if he he was bailing, he's just like, no, I need to go home to Perth for my, like, you know, maybe there'd be a reason. Mm. It is what it is tells me that there's some conflict that's gone on potentially between ownership and himself, and he has been not renewed for a new season. Yeah, so... I don't know. Well, like from from your perspective, if it was you as the owner, what would be your sort of attack on the situation? Like, okay. would you would you give him another season, or would you kind of be looking to move him on? Or no, I wouldn't have been looking to move him on at all. I think in certain situations he has to get better. In late game execution is one thing that we have done very poorly. Um, some lineups have been questionable, but as an overall, with what he's had 
to work with this season. No, he's done a remarkable job, especially with DJ going down, Diddy going, Casper not being great 100% of the time. Um, you know, some injuries, Xavier Cook's not being there, Angus Glover, you know, getting injured for the whole season. But with what he's had and what he's had to put out on the court week to week, with aging players that have had a long off season, to be in the, the playoff picture, and I say we are, is pretty remarkable. Would you would you agree? Mm, mm, 100%. Like, we are in the playoff picture. I mean, you know, we win one of these last two games against Adelaide or Melbourne United or even the Bullets, and suddenly we're, we're like, right there, basically on the verge of clinching just a couple of wins away. You know, it's a tough out, you know, losing that game against the 36ers and then bouncing back. And really, that was a winnable game against the 36ers. Um, and then the Bullets game, you know, was a, was a tough one. But I, you know... I was still looking at him, you know, it's a, f- a five-year window, right? Um, or probably five years is a little bit much to be thinking, oh, you know, he's going to be here for five years. Probably you're more looking at maybe two with one extra year. But at the same time, like if he had been there building something for the next three years minimum, I still would have gone, yeah, sure. Like, you know, it, it's been a decent season. There's been some adversity. I think the amount of adversity we've faced this season, you could kind of go, well, wipe the slate clean. You get another year next year, we'll kind of retool the roster, rebuild the roster, you know, and that will be your year to sort of say, you know, show us what you can do. And I, I still think also that what he's done this season with this team and the attitude that this team's shown that also, like, you get a tick there to go, oh, I appreciate that. That's a, That's been a, one of the more refreshing things this season. In a season where basically, you know, before it started, you and I were both going, oh, rebuild, like, this This has a chance to potentially be bad, man. Um, and for this team to show the amount of heart that it has, has definitely, I think, been a part of what 40's message has been, you know. Yeah. To lose Will Weaver, to lose Tate and Boga at the same time, is enough, I think, to suck the guts out of a franchise. But I think the culture remained there through him. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of the guys that because Forty was obviously assistant coach, there was a bit of there was a bit of crossover. Some of the guys had played underneath, you know, Geordie with a bit of a breakout season in the league. Um, Didi, you know, injury he was injury plagued most of this season. Mm. Like, this is what we don't realize and that when he was on the floor, he was helping win games. You know, he missed four games. I wouldn't say plagued, but I think he he's yeah, gone through some of the injury half, adversity. Half the season his back was completely stuffed and played it at about fifty percent. True. Uh, um, you know, we we in in stretches. You know, DJ looked like he was going to win Rookie of the Year by a country mile. That's not out of you know that's forty putting it in his hand when he's got a lot more senior guys there. It's it's I think that's the the, the relevance of what Adam Ford's brought to this season. But to just kind of be like, oh, we're going to retool next year. And I think that's taking the assumption that, I mean, COVID is just going to be gone and you're going to get some honcho coach to come and play and, you know, crowds are going to return to normal. And I just don't think that's a realistic option in mm-hmm. five months, to be honest with you, with the way things are going, especially. So it's Ooh. kind of like you're going to be down for another COVID, you know, interrupted season, really. Mm. And so what's the best thing to do is to keep, the same roster as close as you can maybe tool it a bit maybe we don't need a power forward as a as a marquee maybe we need to get rid of casper Ware and bring in a younger guard who's a little bit more versatile in the scoring front um 
but you know that's that's maybe that's the tweaks that you made but the basic principles of what we have is underpin the team is is important i think 40 is a big part of that hmm. i think it, also making the league accountable he's the only bloody coach to have done it <laughs> it's true it's true and i i think there's part of me part of his messaging this season has definitely been a refreshing aspect of watching these games like uh, although this season hasn't hit the heights of last season. It hasn't been, you know, greatness personified. We haven't been able to beat the chest and be like, oh, I love this team. It's great. But you still have felt an emotional connection to the team because of the way it's been coached. We've played the right way. We've always kind of tried to play hard and, you know, put that road mentality to work and put the mentality of, you know, playing hard, working hard and, you know, playing good basketball. I don't think we've ever strayed into a, a realm of being dislikable. I think we've just played hard, worked hard. This this will give you some. This has been a more enjoyable year than than the last year of Gaze's coaching. <laughs> it always comes back to Gazy, doesn't it? It was terrible, so bad. And it's it's funny because after that season, you know, you kind of went, "Ooh, this this could go one of two ways." You know, as as well as like that sort of also finished in a similar vein where. The coach comes along and goes, oh, well, you know, it's near the end of the season and I'm out. So this will either make or break you guys as a team. Or, you know, if if we lose, you can all just go, ah, oh, whatever, the coach was leaving anyway. Who cares? Let's go on to next season. So another situation where it's a bit like, Ooh, okay, sure, sure thing. I think I think there's enough culture at Sydney that, you know, him leaving won't affect the way that they're hungry to do it. I think it'll just be a question of can we get enough fit, decent players on the court week to week to actually make mm. a finals push can casper find some form you know because really we have no shooters in this team and um you know how are we going to find it well Jarrell martin's got to find a lot of offensive form and casper's got to find some form otherwise we've got nothing uh in terms of generating offense but um yeah i suppose we'll, we'll see what the, the outcome of this kind of fallout will be in the off season when it all kind of leaks uh, after the season mm. finishes because we've we've got some big decisions to make i think the roster has shown this season that relying on those veteran guys it, it's probably just gone to a length to, a little bit too far relying on kick it i think it's okay to have kick it as your third center where he only plays five minutes a night you know gets 20 minutes here and there but this season we've had to fall back on him due to the injuries and that's fine that's kind of extraneous circumstances that you've got to deal with um, bringing in some development players as well as some, you know, injury replacements. You kind of look at this season and it all got out of whack and you just go, okay, this, we can't really make much of what's happened here. Um, but I still think we've got a couple of players, veterans, that have these roles where, you know, it's 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 almost a bridge too far. Like you can kind of see Kickett slowing down, Newly slowing down a little bit. Um, Shawnee Bruce has been a little bit up and down and then you kind of bring in a guy like Martin and look at the offense in general this season. And there's been times where I'm watching the offense just going, you guys can't even get Martin into like a nice position, like a good position, establish him and get him a bucket. Like he's working his sack off to get buckets at the moment as hard as he can. And you just think, what could we have done throughout a season where we actually got a chance to play him down low? And and I guess as a power forward who scores the ball in the way that he does, you know, a lot di- lot different to a guy like JT we had last year, which I think JT fit this team better with what he gave us. You know, you almost got to kind of switch around your entire offense for a guy like Jarrell and go, you know, well, we're going to feed the post. We're going to do things like that. 
Um, on defense, you know, he really struggles playing 3-2 zone, 2-3 zone. And that's a huge worry. Like, if he's going to be on the court as an offensive sense, you can't have him as a whole playing at power forward because guys are going to rinse him. You know, the drop coverage stuff over the last couple of seasons has been pretty bad. Um, it's really only been in this Adelaide game where we went to a 1-2-2 that we actually have put together some stretches where you're just like, oh, the, D, the D's back, you know. Or like last year where we were funneling guys into Bogut and all the season before we were funneling guys. And I was still a little bit like, oh, I don't like that. You know, I'd prefer to have you know, a rim protector and a power forward who can kind of, you know, help um, and guys kind of dropping drop coverage and, you know, helping out. But really this season, I guess it's so hard to blend the lines between we haven't had any players and, you know, oh, I really like what this team's done, you know. It's, it's, you know, there's something here to build on because you could easily get rid of three or four of these players and then just bring in new players and you're back, back suddenly again just going, oh, you know, these guys have got to gel. We've got to give them time. Got to work on them with the coach. You know, you've got to get back into it. You've got to find ways to score. And then you look at Casper as a staple scoring the ball. You've never f- really felt 100% comfortable with him as a scorer this year, like even the last two seasons, really. No. No? It's been, it's been very hit and miss. Some hit, a lot of miss. Yeah, and no, not an unlikable guy. I think, you know, for what he's given us, we've definitely seen flashes of what he can do, you know, in, in the scheme of the team going down and him having to take these huge responsibilities to score the ball. And, um, you know, while not scoring it well, just find, you know, complete 180s of how to play the game as well, you know, fit in on offense while he's not scoring the ball well, you know, and as well as get a guy like Jarrell the ball, which we've just struggled watching these games and watching these highlights, man, the amount of times where he just cannot get the ball down low, far enough low in the post. And you just like, he has to back down, he has to come back out, and he just shoots like a you know seventeen foot fadeaway and makes it, and you're still just like <laughs> so good, but you're like God, it's just so such clanky offense, man. You know when it's going down, it's great. When it's not going down, you're just like oh, they're not great shots. Um, but yeah, so you know what what do you think in general? Like, you know, do we do we bring in a big coach? Like, what do you, what do you what are your thoughts? No, 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 we don't. I think we get the marquee signings for Sydney are not there. Mm. We had our marquee for two years. We had Bogut. We were lucky with Jay Sean Tate, who was a talent beyond the NBL for where we sat in the in the league. Um, and we had Kevin Lish. I mean, that team last year was really probably the epitome of any Sydney team that you've seen in the last 10 to 15 years mm. in terms of talent on the floor. We're probably not going to get that for a few seasons. So what do we have to do? We have to, you know, look to your Xavier Cooks, your DJs to build around your Craig Moller staples and then try and get some guys that kind of fit around them in terms of offense, get a get a true scoring point guard, um, get a better backup center, um, or even, you know, instead of going for the power forward option, you know, have if Newley wants to play another season, have Newley and Moller at that power forward position and then play and go out and get a marquee centre. Because I think that five position from the last couple of years, the way it's refed in this league, it's more important to have two good centres, I think, that can potentially give you night in, night out, as opposed to one in a backup. I think that, you know, it's 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 more relevant that you have the amount of nights I've watched teams where the center just gets refed off the floor 
<laughs> like this season. Yeah, I mean, Geordie, you poor old Geordie. Jeez. It's not just Geordie though. Sometimes it's Mooney. Sometimes it's um, Iverson. Yeah, they get refed off the floor. In yeah, Iverson's <laughs> Iverson copped it all season bad. Yeah, and it's just like okay, if you really have to go to two, I mean, they he's obviously a, a marquee kind of import. You really have to go to that two center spot and a point guard. Because I think power forwards, small forwards, shooting guards are a diamond dozen in the league. There's tons mm. of those. But realistically, it's it's your center position. I mean, Cairns probably did it best last year when they had Cam Oliver and Nate Jarway. Two mm. fantastic center combination. They had some good players around them, and that combination took them, you know, pretty close to the end. This year a bit different. They didn't have really the guard structure. Um, Scott Machado was absolutely woeful. And Cam Oliver was a bit of a bitch for most of the season. Hey, yeah, yeah. At least he got a 10-day in Houston. He got a 10-day and scored some points. Shot, um, shot the most threes of any center in the league. 108. <laughs> I couldn't believe when I read that. 118 threes attempted. Jeez. But you know what I mean? Like, it's those two combinations. Even Perth has those two combinations. Melbourne has those two combinations where you've got mm. two decent centers on the floor because... It is really a league of centres. The FIBA is, you know, a camp kind of situation where you can camp in the lane. You've mm. got to have two protectors. That's what we really need to do. Geordie's got to play 20 minutes a night. We've got to get ourselves a marquee centre, a marquee point guard. If it's just two imports and then go to town with our local talent. That's really what happened. And Jerome Martin mm. is, is a talent, but he's not a centre. And I think that really shows in the league that if you go out and get yourself a decent centre that scores the ball um, and you have a good backup centre in Jordan Hunter, that you know, there's a there's a flip. You can go out and be more aggressive on offense. You can go out and be more aggressive on defense because there's stretches where you're just like, well, they're funneling it into into the center or into the five or into Geordie, or into he's not doing anything because he's on four fouls with a quarter to go, hmm. and the backup center is absolute trash. So what do you do? It's I'm just looking at here um, the stats for this season. Geordie in 30 games played 86 fouls leads the league. Uh, Colton Iverson, 29 games played, 84 fouls. So those two are just definitely leading the league in being refed completely off the floor. Ogilvy in 29 games, 72. Hodgson in 24 games, 69. So a lot of fouls to like high foul to uh, game ratio for him. And then DJ, 31 games, only 67. And you kind of go down the list. Vetzel, 66. Oliver, 65. Landau, 64. So 20, 20 more fouls. That's... You know that what's that four four extra games worth of fouls on Geordie and Iverson, and I don't feel like Geordie's played this this kind of defense where you're just like out of control. Like you know, definitely deserves to be reft off the floor because he could you know be hurting someone out there. I think there's definitely other bigs out there where you're like, whoa, like you're out of control. Um, you know, you're going to injure someone with flailing around out of control. But just to see that, like in stark contrast, to see that those two have got 24, 20 more fouls than some of the better centers in the league. Mooney at 62, Landau 64, Froling 60, um, and then Humphreys, the best shot blocker in the league. He's got 50 blocks um, and then 56 fouls, but only played 19 games. So I think the center spot, if he, and Geordie doesn't shoot threes too, that makes it hard. It really does make it hard that he doesn't shoot threes. Um, and then when DK's on there, he's on there in a sense that you know your your defense is going to drop off basically because he's out there shooting the three. I think rim protection is the biggest part. You know, looking at uh, Humphreys, 50 blocks, Luala Chul, 32. I'm just going to – there we go. 
so 50, 50 Farmfries, 38 for Landale. Uh, Cam Olive had 33, and then Joe Luella Chul, 32, Ogilvy, 31, Hunter, 30. So it's 30 blocks is not bad. Like, you know, it's not too bad for, for a ratio of 86 fouls to 30 blocks. You know, not great, but it's it's definitely, I think, the main, for me, the main part is rim protecting. If you're going to have Jarrell Martin in this team and if you're going to have kind of bigger guys that are, you know, forward slash guards in, you know, Moller, guys like that, I think that's going to be a huge part of our next couple of seasons. And it's it's going to be hard. So just on Geordie, like, it's going to be super hard to see this season. You know, it, you hear it on the commentary. You hear it from guys around the league. Breakout season. It's been great this season. How do you then just go, okay, Geordie, now you're going to play back up to and more experienced, higher caliber center? You know, has he? did he get to a level where you're just like, you know, okay, we're not going to invest in that position because we've got Jordan Hunter um, can we find maybe someone who's less experienced than Hunter kind of to bring him in behind? Yeah, what happened to Dengar Kuth? That's what I mean. Like, what happened to Dengar Kuth? Like, what, we don't necessarily have to go out and get an international center. We just need another rim protector. We need another beanstalk rim protector. Um, Thon Maker. Why don't we go get Thon Maker? <laughs> yeah, but then that's what, that's sort of what I'm saying. Like, how do you then, how do you look at this season from Geordie? Sorry? He can play the four and he can, and Jordy can play the five. I mean, if you're going to put someone like that on the floor, there's, they're interchangeable, but one of them can play the four. The problem with Jordy Hunter is he can't play the four. Mm. He can only play the five. And that's, in the modern game, you know, a lot of your bigs have to be kind of versatile in that in that respect. Um, you know, even in, in the worst situation, Isaac Humphreys could play four. DJ could definitely play four. Um, Jock Landau can play four. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they can play multiple positions, multiple bigs. Jerome Martin can't play five and Jordan Hunter can't play four. And so therefore you're not, you've got to have one of those positions versatile. Um, Xavier Cooks can play four or five. That's why that position is versatile for him. And mm. that's why he was so effective last year is because, okay, Bogut's in foul trouble, get Cooks on, the, you know what I mean? Like he could play up to that position. Mm-hmm. In our full season, we've had either a four or a five on the floor. You know, and kick it, kick it was kind of that. Okay, he's a bit versatile, but this year he's just been so slow and hasn't shot the three ball as well, and so he's more of a hindrance than than a help in that respect. And so we're stuck in this. Once Jordy gets reft off the floor, we're kind of screwed. Uh, once Joel Martin gets reft off the floor, we're kind of screwed because we just don't have the versatility in positions. And I think that's something that we have to look at going into further seasons. Is okay, Cooks is healthy, right? We've got that four flexible four or five guy do we invest in in another five or do we invest in another four um you're going to need to run three yeah. deep at, at the center position mm. that's just really what it is you know cooks is that four or five flexible we need to get ourselves another center if if geordie's our second center i think that's you know it's so hard like if you, if you bring in a better like more high caliber center like you can get away with geordie as your second center coming off the bench and then maybe have a guy at the level of kick it as your third guy, because then you can play him in a versatile role. You know, you've got Cooks and even Moller who can kind of play four five, you know, positions like that. It's, I think, uh, to tie it back into sort of, you know, 40 leaving and what we have to do with this team, I think it's going to be a huge decision and a decision where we have to now, like at a crossroads, we're going to have to make a decision on what we do over the next couple of seasons and to look at what we've done as a franchise this season, you know, the, the type of injury players we've looked at, the replacements, the guys that we've had available, 
that we haven't signed. And then to go back to the start of the season, the guys that were available and we just couldn't sign. Like some of the best players in the league this season, we had a chance to sign and we couldn't sign any of them. And you just, I look at it and just go, oh, I don't know, man. Like it's, it doesn't, the outlook doesn't look good. We've just whiffed on so many players that instead of being like, oh, no, no, you know, it's fair enough. Like, you know, we've just whiffed on some players. Like, don't get too upset. Like, there's been way too many players where now I'm just going, oh, some, something's not right, man. Yeah. There's something. Some fish is going on. Yeah. And we've got a huge arena too. I guess we've got to, we've got to think about that. Like, we, if we had a 20,000 seater or maybe, you know, a 16,000 seater, would our situation post COVID or through COVID have been totally different? Like we would be spending so much money on that arena, just dead money, like basically to have it empty the entire for an entire season. I don't know. You reckon? No, I think there would have been some supplement from the government. I, I think they don't rent it. I think Ace pays <laughs> Sydney Kings to play there, mm. and then they get a certain cut. The problem is that cuts have been pretty woeful because of the lack of games, like court keeper or something like that. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's not been the same. Maybe that'll change next season. Obviously, the season before we had such bumper crowds, it was, you know. But but really, were they bumper crowds? I mean, to the, to the ratio of what the stadium is, like it holds 30 or just shy of 30, you know, and we're getting like 12 to 15 up towards 20. I mean, that's not, it's not great. It's pretty good for NBL. It's good for NBL, I think, but I, I look at it more as the strategy of what this franchise is doing, you know, knowing that you're sitting on a large arena that you can't really fill even at the best of times in that sense, I think would shape some of the decisions we're making here. And we have absolutely no idea. We're just fans speculating on this sort of stuff. So it's not like we're in the know on what's happening. But I just think you're putting you're putting probably three three strands together here and looking at the arena, how big it is, looking at some of the signings we've been struggling to make, even going back through to the pre-season. And maybe put another string in 40 leaving like it paints a bit of a picture where you're just like ooh, like you know what is what really is happening i don't know i i feel like the club you know to me personally has to come out in this next season if we don't make the playoffs you kind of have to come out in this next season and go we have to make a statement spend some money really look at retooling the roster really look at trying to get the fans back in and on side because i don't know i can see it just kind of slipping off a little bit yeah, with what's happening this season really sliding some of the expectations of fans. Um, I do think there needs to be a bit of a shake-up postseason. Even if we do make the, the playoffs, I think there needs to be a bit of a shake-up in, in personnel, um, players, and, and so forth. But, mm. yeah. It's super hard, too, because it's it's been such a... You know, a season where you ha- can be really... Ad- like, there's been, a, there's been an admirable level from these players despite us losing games there's been still a like you know what we've done some pretty amazing things this season to even be anywhere near the finals which is how many guys so i guess a bit of a like you know a bit of double-edged sword a bit of a you know kind of two two-sided coin to think about of what's going to happen in the end of the season and what's going to happen through postseason and you know pre-season for next year like retooling and building for next year but we'll do plenty more speculation on that over the next few weeks and the coming months as well. Should we talk quickly about this Brisbane game? That was an absolutely... I didn't think uh, we could get any worse than uh, that Melbourne game. Yeah, we, we but did. that was just... Or was it the Adelaide game? I think it was the Adelaide game. Just That was just one of the worst things I've ever seen. Was that even basketball? It was atrocious. I can't believe we had 10 points in the second quarter. Just wow. 
And then, I mean, in the third, we ended so we ended up scoring twenty four in the third and nineteen in the fourth. Pretty pretty solid, you know. All we needed really was a decent quarter in the second, and we probably would have been in that game. Um, Brisbane put in a nineteen point scoring run. Their biggest lead was twenty six. I think at one point we had it back to about thirteen, and this the little spark of just like oh oh okay. We could be back in this, and then it was just like bang, to him back to twenty three. Just like damn it, <laughs> well turning this off. Yeah, that was that was that was woeful. That really was bad. Um, just looking through the box score, Jordy Hunter fifteen points, five of eleven. Another game against, you know, you would say Hodgson, and then off the bench, Froling. Yeah, pretty and Harrison. Harrison, I don't like, man. I think. Decent enough. I think he's probably one of the like one of the poorer bigs in the league, and he just like flails all over people too. Like every time he goes up for a ball, comes down, his footwork. You're just looking around, going, "Oh, like everyone, get out of his way, man!" Like you could get injured here. Um, I felt that a few times. Even Jordy, like he came down like with his elbows on Jordy's head one of the times, and Jordy's just like, "What the hell? Can't even get a call." Like, <laughs> um, and then Froling two points, another disappointing night for him. 11 minutes, two points, four rebounds, two steals. Handsy, nice. Uh, looking through, yeah, Drew Mitch had a, had a career night. I feel like that's the most points he's had in the last, like, five years. That's one of his best nights he's had in five years. That was his highest scoring game ever. Oh, really? There you go. It's like, what a night. Career night for Anthony Drimmage. One of the first times he scored 20 in about five years. Like, great. How good is it? It's pretty pretty amazing, though. Seven to ten from three. And a couple of those, we were just, like, scrambling around. It's just like he's standing in the corner wide open. He's just like, boys, boys. Uh, okay, no worries, boys. Yeah, get the next one, eh? Just pick it out. Bring it back up. Just that stretch where they went 19. And just like, we couldn't, couldn't do anything. Like, you couldn't score. It didn't look good. It was I just want to nuke this game from my memory, please. Yeah, just raise it. Take it out. Take it from your memory. Um, so Lockie got the start, and you were just like, I was happy about this. What? Little charge burglar. Yeah. Just won't shoot though. That's the problem. Just kind of like it's this aversion to shooting. It, it's annoying. He hit a corner three in the second half. It was like, hey, yeah. you're not going down. That was nice. That was his only made basket. Four four attempts from three and one from inside. I think he got absolutely starched on one of them. I thought just just a bit strange. Did it feel like a bit like well, no, why is he starting? Um, no Bruce. Bruce, no Bruce. But man, just start weeks. Like I know he's only been there two seconds, but yeah, two surely, seconds. surely you would give him the start and go look. You know, come out. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit strange. No, you didn't feel it. No. 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 Because weeks off the bench, he had a nice layup. Just was completely fouled on that layup. Didn't get a call. Giving it the old, hey, hey, hey. And it's like, mate, you're playing for Sydney. You're not going to get, you're not going to get any of those, mate. Um, weeks, yeah, the experience has been rough. But one thing I do like is the pace that he plays with. Like you can see him playing with this, like bring the ball up really quickly, playing with this pace where it's kind of at odds with some of the way, like the way we're playing in these games where guys dawdle the ball up, you know, there's a lot of I'm taking the rebound, I'm standing around, I'm looking, I'm passing, and then like six seconds comes off the shot clock before we're over the halfway line, and you're just thinking to you, like, can we speed this up? Like we've said a bunch of times this season, like speed the game up. And I've, I've seen Weeksy do it a few times. I'm like, oh, good. Like I like this. But then the rest of the team just doesn't do it. And you're just like, ugh, brutal. 
because Geordie's a culprit for just he'll grab a rebound and just dawdle up the floor and you're like Geordie like like watch Draymond just get the ball and just go and then everyone else like if if for whatever reason everyone else goes oh my god what's happening like they at least go oh quick boys let's go like speed the pace up you know and it's just hard man like watching how slow this team we're just not a slow paced team we're like we don't have you know shooters that can shoot the ball um offensive players where if the play breaks down you know if we run a set you know we don't have a point guard who's just i'm going to get guys buckets i'm going to run a little pick and roll like we've just got all these these weird offensive options that don't mash together into into like a team and then it becomes really apparent in these games where we don't push the ball at all and suddenly our offense is stagnant. It's just brutal to watch. It was very sluggish to start the game. Cooksey was back as well. He came off the bench pretty quickly. Had a nice dunk, pretty hype putback dunk. Mr. Jumper, we were like, ooh, that was rusty. And then he got the got the rebound put back. So that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, that 19-point run. I'm just looking through my notes for more things to talk about. The 2-3 zone has been pretty bad. Or Jarrell, like, Jarrell cannot play in a 2-3 zone. He just the amount of times he'll just look around, and I've said it heaps of times. That you could have, you could feel like a fifteen-minute YouTube compilation of the amount of times he looks around, scratches his head as someone makes a basket, and you're like, "Jarrell, jeez, man." Um, he had thirteen points in this game, and also he looks in stretches like a huge offensive weapon, and you're just like, "Get it to him, feed him, get it to him," and then we'll just not give him the ball back. Or just be like, hold on, hold on. Let him push you all the way out to the elbow. Push you even further out to the three-point. Like, Here you go. Here you go. Have a crack now. And you're just like, oh, my God. Get it in deep. Yeah. Just... Yeah, man. Um, and then, yeah, Drimich. Drimich's crazy night. Um, Sobi didn't have a have a huge night. He's had some big ones against us the last couple of games. I thought, he, I thought we dealt with, with him quite well defensively. Um, it was just basically, you know, blitzing – Blitzing him and then just passing to a wide open Drimmage, he was knocking it down. Casper Ware as well, six points in this game. Uh, three of 12, only three assists to go without. Minus 23 on the night. Rough game for him. And then our role players, basically Moller, three points. Tommy V, only five points, one of seven. You want to say anything about your man, Tommy? He's had a rough couple of weeks, the old, the old Tommy V. Not uh, not playing well at the moment. Mind you, no one is. <laughs> mm, true. No one's playing well. I like that he just still shoots, but sometimes yeah, I mean, you get in these like Tommy, but at the same time, like he's not shooting the ball well and you're still going. I like the enthusiasm, man. You're giving us a spark at least off the bench. Yeah. He's. It, you, you think it's eventually going to fall. He's got a nice stroke and that, you know, eventually it'll come good. It's just a bit of a shooting slump. But um, yeah, I, I, I do like the fact that he lets it go and not late in the shot clock as well. If he's going to let it go, he lets it go pretty quick. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, but still, it's Tommy I am, V. I am. I'm, I'm his, his hustle is lovable. And, um, of course, when he comes out and plays defense, it's just like you flip a coin. You play D, that's a foul. You're just like, far out, man. <laughs> he gets refed off the floor heaps. I'm actually just quickly going to check his his stats. Okay. Power forward, fouls. Uh, it won't let me. Oh, I might go to Sydney, just Sydney. Personal fouls. Uh, we want totals, total fouls for Tommy Vadanovic is 63. There you go. That's pretty, pretty <laughs> 30 games. Yeah, for the amount of minutes he plays, just looking at the amount of minutes, total amount of minutes 
63,432 minutes. Um, yeah, so I think we can move on from that absolutely atrocious game. Um, Jason Kadi again hit 1-3, a momentum three where you're just like, God damn it. Uh, we'll move on to this Adelaide game. And this was a much, much better performance and just made me just go, why did we blow that game against Adelaide before the other day? Like, we we just... I'm so down on Adelaide as a team where you just watch that team and just go, how soft are you guys? Like, it's a little bit like the Phoenix at the same time. It's like, it's like Spursian where you're... You know, you're not, they're not a tough team. They're not a grindy team. They're just a team that you're kind of a bit like, oh, you guys are a bit soft. You know, if you really, you know, put the put the boot into them, they kind of capitulate a little bit. Didn't Pinder just have a massive, like, cry on the bench this game? Yeah, he kicked the, kicked the seat into the crowd. And they got um, they also got a low-key dirty player in, uh, in Tony Crocker stepping on the back of people's ankles and elbowing people as well. Um, but Geordie had a pretty good game in this. Fouled out again, refed off the floor. A couple of fouls where you were just like, "What? Like, really? Wow! How? Where was the? Where was that foul? Didn't see that one." Um, but he still had a huge impact: fifteen point six and nine, three rebounds, had a block as well, which was good. Uh, Shawnee Bruce was back; he had seven points, you know, three assists. Still not a great night for him. Back out of concussion protocol, cop that stray elbow from Jordy. Xavier Cooks was in the starting lineup in this game. He had six points, two or four. What do you? What has been your thoughts on him coming back? I think rusty, but rusty and adds, dull. Definitely adds to the stretch that he plays in. Mm. You can tell the team looks better with him on the floor, defensively as well. Um, yeah, I would like it to see his minutes restrictions die at some stage, so we can have him for thirty-five minutes a game because mm. we we need him badly. Just looking, Jarrell, obviously the standout of the night, 9 of 19, 7 of 13 inside, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Casper Ware had 10 assists in this game. I'm sure he had 12. The stats said he had 12. So they must have taken two away from him. Yeah. No, you don't get two. You don't get two, two assists. Double-double. Double-double. Uh, yeah, 13 points, 10 assists, 2 rebounds. A much better night, I think, from him. Facilitation. It was, for me, this game, when Muller hit that three, I was like, ah, oh, it's over. Yeah, pretty much. I was just like, Muller with the dagger. Yeah, Muller likes to put the dagger in. Mm. He's an emphatic dagger guy. When he shoots the three deep into the fourth quarter, you know that you've lost the game. Yeah, he's, he's hit some good ones against Illawarra. That was a good one too. Defensively, I've got in my notes here, the high blitz worked really well on Giddy. And it kind of makes you wonder why we aren't doing that more often this season. Mm. On guys especially, it's worked quite well on Cotton. We've seen that. Um, we haven't really done it to McCarran against United. Um, we didn't really do it that much against Sobey uh, for the Bullets. For the Hawks, we haven't really done it against Harvey. I guess Harvey's a little bit more of an explosive scorer. So, you know, it might be a different different sort of thing. Um, to try it on him and then have to back out on it. Um, but, yeah, it really, really worked on Giddy. And then if you look at this team, kind of, you know, DJ was down low a little bit. And if you're blitzing, high blitzing Giddy, they kind of don't really have much else, like Brandon Paul, Pinder. Detch hit a few threes. Oh, he hit one three. It was a nice three really early on. He was just like, oh, no. Um, and I think that was kind of one of the main reasons why we shut him down and shut the game down, really, shut that Adelaide team down. Yeah, it's if you if you don't let Giddy facilitate, they kind of don't really have anything gluing that team together. 
I think you saw that when he was out injured. Um, it is, you're right, it is a bit of a soft team. Like, you, you, you give them a bit of a jab in the ribs and they kind of capitulate. Mm. Um, but I think Casper, you know, did the right thing, put the ridiculously high-volume threes away and decided, okay, I'm going to facilitate a bit. And, you know, Joel Martin had a good night. And that's that's the, the two things. If you've got your two imports playing well and doing a job, then you're going to have a good night. Um, and, and a lot of the other guys chipping in as well. Mm. Really, just quietly, has just been... Oof. Rough, Very man. Sad. Rough Rock. stretch. After he started the season so well. Yeah. He was great. I'm just looking at his plus minus to start the season. I go, he's minus five in the first... <laughs> minus nine in the first half of the season and then minus 19 in the second half of the season so far. But he, yeah, rough, man. Very rough. Just scared to go to the basket too. You're just like, dude, just anytime you get the ball, just go. Like Weeksy, just just go, mate. Mm. But, you know, he should have a green light on that. Yeah, DK chipping in. He had 12 points, two of three from three, five of six in the field. A couple of nice little uh, inside buckets. It's good to see. Um, they were obviously missing Isaac Humphreys, the best shot blocker in the league at the moment, and uh, DJ fouling out as well. Uh, Craig Muller also chipped in. He had two or four from three, 12 points, 11 boards. Just quietly an absolute domination domination on the boards at the moment. He is a dominator on the offensive glass as well. Mm. It's that AFL skills. He's very, very tall mm. playing that small forward position and adds definitely depth. And he's good at he's good at going up for, for boards. I find that Geordie doesn't jump very high. He just kind of grabs. Mm. Whereas Muller, you can see, actually you know, gets a bit of elevation to get the ball. Yeah, he gets into spots and, like, actually leaps for the ball. Yeah. Whereas Geordie's a bit more flat-footed, uses his body. He's still, I think he's still got some ways to go in using his body too. Like, he, he does have some serious sort of, like, actual girth, like big man girth. So I think he, over the next couple of seasons, if he learns to actually use his body properly, he can box guys out. Man, he need, we need to get JT just working with him in the off-season, learning how to use his junk. Um, and then Jarrell, 20 points, obviously, great night. Um, anything else from this game? We kind of just glossed over the games a little bit. It's a good win. It's an important win. It keeps us in touch with Illawarra because realistically now it's Illawarra is the the team that we're going to be catching after the Phoenix had a pretty good round. Mm. Um, They've kind of pulled away from it, uh, obviously with their team back at full strength. Yeah, they've got a few weapons too. Mitch Creek, um, Sykes is back. Uh, Liafa is shooting the ball quite well. Tarangi as well, starting to play a little bit better. This Hawks team, I watched it last couple of weeks, and it's been a bit like, ooh, wobbly, wobbly. It's not so much wobbly. They just they have three things they do. That's it. Tyler Harvey chucks, Justinium Jessup in the mid-range, and then they get it to Froling. Yeah. And, roll. and that's pretty much their whole team. That's why Dengadel never did anything with that team. That is their whole team. <laughs> you get to Froling in the roll. Todd Harvey chucks it up from three. If he has a good night, then you win. And Justinian Jessup gets into the kind of 15 to 18 foot range and, and shoots some jumpers. And mm. if it all kind of gels on the night, they win. If it doesn't, then they lose. Uh, that's really their whole team. It's fucking boring to watch. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I don't mind it. <laughs> I like pick and roll, man. Like, we just don't run enough, like, legit pick and roll. Pick and um, one thing that we do need to, you know, if, if, the chips are down and, and offense isn't flowing. That's what we need to do. Mm. And Geordie, Geordie's shown some, uh, you know, adeptness at running a pick and roll. And we've shown that we have passes to do it. Like we actually have some passes that want to facilitate and want to move the ball. 
yet it's so stagnant sometimes and that's kind of where you get these situations where you have tommy v just being like nothing's on all right all right chuck it you know and craig Moller in these positions where oh, looking for a handoff looking for something Any, anyone no okay i'll just chuck it like and that's where you just oh it's rough, rough offense um so it's hard to watch. But, yeah, looking at this table, Southeast Melbourne currently 31 games, 17 wins, 14 losses. So they're sitting in third. Probably pretty close to having it secured. They're going to have to lose some games over the next few weeks, really, to go on a bad run to really fall out. It's the position where if we had to beat Adelaide and maybe, you know, won one of our other games this season that we, sh- we shouldn't have thrown away, we probably would have been sitting pretty in this position. Then the Hawks, 29 games, 15 and 14. So they have some games in hand on the Phoenix and then just one on us. So very interesting. A couple of games against the Breakers we'll talk about after we do tips. 3-2-1s. 3-2-1s, sorry, that's what I meant to say. 3-2-1s. First game, first game was Brisbane. Yeah, the first game was Adelaide. Yeah, um, <laughs> just nuke that from our memory. Three, Do you need the box score to check that? Nah, three Go full Durrell. box score. Three to roll two. That's a hard one. It is a hard one. It was, that was a bad game, man. Jordy. One, one just go full full box score. I'm not even looking. Yeah, I know, but that was, yeah. So 13 points for um, Jarrell, 15 for Hunter, and Weeksy had 10. Yeah, I'm going full box score as well. Uh, And then the Adelaide game. Jarrell. No, I think Casper Casper played. You know, Jarrell had a big part. I mean, 10 dimes, a double-double. I'm going to go Casper, Jarrell, and um, Moller. Moller. I'm going to kick it for me. Gets one. So I went Jarrell for three, where for one, two, and then kick it for one. Jarrell, have I been calling him Jarrell or should I be calling him Martin? I should be calling him Martin. Otherwise, I won't pick it up in that score, but that's right. I'll fix that later. And now tips. Tips, another huge game week. Um, a lot of people had good game weeks this week. Some big ones. Uh, starting with Hawks at home to United. 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 Uh, I will also go United, mainly because I want... They, they they tanked that Southeast Melbourne game, man. I watched that last night. I was like, you are tanking this. That's huge cretins. Uh, bullets at home to Perth. Yeah, Perth. By the way, Perth won tonight. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Perth. Perth. For me, New Zealand at home to the Kings. Finally, New Zealand at home. Kings for the double. Yeah. The most important, important, important round of the year. 36 is at home to the Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, no more Giddy anymore. So, spoiler alert, Giddy is going to train for the, the draft. I went Kings too against the Breakers. Perth at home to Cairns. Perth. Yeah, they just played Cairns and beat them. Cairns gave a pretty good account of themselves in that game. Uh, New Zealand at home to the Kings. Kings. Kings for me also. Brisbane at home to Southeast Melbourne. Southeast Melbourne. Sem for me as well. 36 is at home to Perth. 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 Hawks at home to Cairns. Ooh, tough one. Cairns. I'm going to go Cairns. Cairns. 
Oh, yeah, Hawks. The dirty Hawks. Uh, bullets at home to United. United. United for me. And then to finalize the round, New Zealand at home to the 36ers. Tough one. All of the trash bags. I'm going to go breakers. Breakers for me too. Um, this this round, so that that brings that round to a close for us. Let's talk about these new two nah, these next two New Zealand games. This has another five hundred written all over it, man. Just oh, we go crazy. over there and then sluggish to start. It's trash. The Webster's heat up. Iverson dominates. Just like one of those games. I just had. I have the feeling one of those games is going to be one of those ones where you're just like I can't, I can't believe that. Like, what are you doing? Like it needs. We need to walk away with both wins. Really, if we don't win both games, then our season is pretty much. Good. Capitulated. Kaput. Kaput. The Statue of Liberty. Easy run home and we do not. Just put, bringing up the fixtures. Because I want to see what New Zealand currently are sitting at in their last game's play. Win, loss, 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 loss. Loss, 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 loss. So four losses on the trot for the breakers. I just It just got this feeling of like, oh, can you believe it? You know, shooting 31%, the breakers win by two, and it's like 68 to 70, like one of those terrible games, man. Like we played in that first round, like start the season, it was such a sluggish game. And, you know, they got a little bit of a run on Delaney and um, Iverson running for these pick and rolls and the Webster brothers. Just, I got that feeling, man. I can't tip against the Kings, but I've just got that feeling because, you know, and you gotta you gotta think too, like they've just gone home, you know, and you know, first game at home, they wanna they wanna really impress in front of their home fans. Ugh, yuck. But we've we've gotta win both these games, man. We have to. It's a, it's a must. Have to. Um What are your thoughts anyway on this breakers team? McDowell White is is a human. He has a body and legs. He's a body and legs. It's a it's a team that is a team. And <laughs> it has people. players on a roster. Players on a roster. Look, they've had a pretty tough year, man. Yeah, I know. Away from home, it's good to see them go home and play. But in saying that, we need to absolutely trash them this, these these next two games. Otherwise, our season is over. So <laughs> we... I've got to tip the Kings for both games. It's got to go ahead. It's got to happen. It's going to happen. We need so to stomp them out, man. Absolutely stomp them out. Did you see the video of um, everyone being like, oh, thanks for, you know, thanks for coming over and staying. You know, hope you had a good time over here. But, you know, glad to see you going home. Thanks, Breakers. <laughs> it's a bit like some of the people in that video too were clearly just like put on the spot, like in the locker room. It's just like, hey, just say a quick few words for the Breakers. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, hope hope you did well, Breakers. Uh, ha- have a good one. Like something like that. And you're just like, oh, God. Um, but looking at their their roster, Rasmus Bark, solid little player off the bench. I think he did well in that game we we went and saw live. Delaney's been playing a lot better over the last couple of weeks. And then, yeah, Iverson reft off the floor. Abercrombie, I don't know if he's injured. I'm just yeah. going to click his name and see where it goes. Does it say anything about injuries? No, it doesn't. But, yeah, that's, that's all I got. We've just got to win these two games, man. I can't believe they had they had Lamar Patterson. Just <laughs> what the hell? And Jeremy Kendall, who um, 
I don't know if he's still there. I think he went to Adelaide. might have gone to Adelaide. I'm um, just clicking him. No, current team, the Auckland Huskies. So he's playing. NZ Beal. Yeah, and NZ Beal. But yeah, Webster and Webster and Webster. What would you say if Casper's like, I'm out, and we were like, all right, we'll take Ty Webster? I wouldn't be that offended. <laughs> you wouldn't be. <laughs> I don't think you will, though. I think the Websters aren't on marquee money. And Casper is so. Yeah, but there's there's all every every chance that is Casper on two year deal. No, one year. One year. So there's every chance that Casper's just like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to Europe. So. Yeah, could go back I to the US, play in the G League. I could see him being out in Kings, but yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. I would, I would take Webster. Twenty five. Has summer league experience. Play for Miami. Um, it's this team, it needs like an identity and I just, it's this, this too much. I'm nice. I'm really nice. You know, I'm just the nicest guy. And you're like, yeah, but can you shoot it? Mm, yeah, I guess. But you miss a lot. Yeah, I guess too. And that's all right. Isn't it boys? Like has too much of that. Like, you know, there's not enough. Like I just score the ball and everyone goes, oh yeah, fair enough. So like, if you put Hobson in this team, you know, even though I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. But if you actually put someone like Hobson in this team, it would help us. Like you put Hobson in that Melbourne team, and you just watch it, and you're just like, this doesn't fit. Like you've got a bunch of guys who move the ball, good point guard, you know, a good system, and then you just throw this ISO scorer in this team, and you're like, whoa, this doesn't work. But in our team, it's like we've just got a bunch of facilitators, guys that are hesitant to shoot it. You know, a, a one guy who loves shooting it. So you're <laughs> like, hmm, could match those shots with another guy who wants to take shots and. I don't know, like, if, if Casper were to leave at the end of this season, I kind of feel like we've got to replace that with someone who can just score the ball. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense because you're basically replacing with someone who just loves to score the ball with someone who loves to score the ball. But at the same time, if we were to replace Casper with someone who did something different, like, you know, was a true point guard, someone who was the style of Emmett Nah, but was a lot better than Emmett Nah. I don't know. It would fix a lot of the issues in this team. Like I hesitate to say it, but we've just got so much glue that scorers don't really work. No. You know, it's just yeah. I don't know. Pie, bit pie in the sky. I can see you like nodding out, xing out of this. Yeah, bro. It's time for bed. Um, yeah, I think we might leave it there. It's been a bit of a long one, bit of a marathon. I think the forty discussion is very interesting. We might over the next couple of weeks start to look at who we can possibly bring in um, to replace him at the end of this season. Huge options. Just not Lamanus, please. No, no. Uh, no, Sakianas. Please, no. Um, yeah, so we'll do that and definitely we've got some. We've got a big week coming up, so we'll cover that as well on the next episode next week. And as always, you can like and subscribe. We're on Facebook Live at the moment, so if you want to watch us on Facebook, then do that live. Uh, give us a shout-out in the comments. Give us a like. Uh, also, you can watch us on YouTube in replay if you want to do that. We also do other videos and content on there. So definitely go over there and give it a subscribe as well. And if you want to listen to us in audio form, you can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify through the Anchor platform. 
I'll put these up straight away after there. So give us a subscribe and a rating and review if you can to help us get out there to more Kings fans. And as always, we will see you guys next time on the King's Dime.